2: Hey everybody. Welcome. Welcome. It's so great to have you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you for tuning into the Dr. Pat show. I'm Dr. Pat and I'm here with my main man, Mr. Benny. Hello, Mr. B. What up, Dr. P. I know like no sports today, right? Uh, No,
0: not for the station. There's plenty of sports being held around the world. However,
2: I know. Right. And, you know, for many of us, um, we had a sports life at one point in time, right? I mean, I still play a little ping pong, but you a know, for those I hear you're the,
0: making a big comeback.
2: You're going come back. Yeah. There you go.
0: <laughs> Who knew? That, come on now.
2: I uh, know. But you and I like, I gotta, I gotta ask you, are you getting ready for softball?
0: I actually hung up my cleats this last year.
2: Did you? Yeah.
0: I'm going to spend yeah. more time with the boys. That's the priority. That's the, that's the priority there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but that but getting them going now. Yeah, that's you, the whole you'll point. Be yeah. them going. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. exactly. Yeah, I think that's actually more rewarding. When I hung up my cleats and was able to coach, that was a bit more rewarding for for me at some level. Yeah. I think a bit. I think I lost ten years of my life though coaching coaching women in sports. I think I lost ten years of my <laughs> life. Right? Well, Benny, I got to tell you we got a great lineup today. Uh I am so thrilled that we're going to be sharing a story today because it is about stories. You know, it's about conversations now that are making a difference in the world. And what does that even mean? Well, you know, for me what it means is helping people that maybe have have taken a little bit of their shine off of their lives, right? Or maybe some people that have no shine at all. But today, it's about looking at stories about what it means when you hear the word catastrophic. When you hear that word, what does that mean to you when you hear that? Today, I am so thrilled to be introducing all of you to James Osborne, who is someone that has written an incredible book. It's called, Will Your Way Back? How One Man Overcame Tragedy with a Winning Mindset. And his book will, and today's show will take us on a journey of what it means about the way we hear things in our lives, when we hear things like diagnosis, when we hear doctors or others say to us what we can or cannot do, and what it is in that moment that we hear it that either opens us up for more possibilities or not, um, you're going to hear from James about what it was about his life that changed one day very unexpectedly and put him in a direction that he never would look back only in a way to tell this story. You know, somebody that's been just like Benny and I an affinity for sports and exercise and rowing. And, you know, that's what we do in Seattle, but more importantly, a passion, uh, unwavering desire to inspire. That's what today's about. James, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, Pat, it's awesome to be here, and thank you so much for having me.
2: So, you know, let's start about, you heard Benny and I talking here about, you know, a little bit of the sports that we did uh, in our lifetimes. You know, both Benny and I played uh, 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 softball at, you know, a crazy, crazy level. That means that, you know, no matter what else goes on in your life, you're going to play that. Um, And then, you, you know, life takes a different turn whether it's an accident, whether it's an injury, but something happens. Your life took a catastrophic turn, as some would say. What was it about that tipping point in your life that helped shape who you are today? And now you're writing about it.
1: Well, um, as uh, you and Benny were talking about, I was, uh, like yourselves, a very active athlete, and I would have described myself as a recreational enthusiast. I love the outdoors, uh, hiking, camping, climbing, golfing, skiing, road cycling. And uh, unfortunately, in a road cycling uh, event in 2007, I suffered uh, a very bad road cycling accident, and as mm-hmm. a consequence, I damaged my neck. And was rendered an incomplete quadriplegic as a consequence of that, and everything in my life was turned upside down. Um, I might use the analogy of somebody like pressing on their keyboard and pressing the control, alt, delete buttons, and uh, all of a sudden my life is completely reset, and mm. I'm in a complete start over, and I am completely lost. Uh, my identity is 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 basically dismembered and I'm trying to sort out not only the process of how I'm going to cope with this paralysis and try and regain function, but even more importantly, how am I going to find purpose and value, joy and fulfillment in my life? And those uh, steps of recovery and refining identity have taken years uh, to accomplish and the uh, one of the outcomes of all of that has been the uh, publication of my book, "Will Your Way Back, Yeah, which uh, chronicles a lot of those steps that I've taken along the way to really really rebuild my life and to find new purpose and ways to uh, provide uh, meaningful insights and reflections, learnings, perhaps even guidance to those who have faced uh, this either this particular kind of catastrophic injury or any mm-hmm. other kind of life adversity.
2: Yeah, you know, one of the things you start out at the gate talking about is the cruel reality. And let's talk about that for a minute because, you know, there is a cruel reality of the way people approach us about what's going on in our lives physically, mentally, and emotionally, right? In your case, you know, let's start out with the physical part. You know, a complete injury as I think the words were in your book, right? The cruel reality. You know, in in talking about that, it's interesting how we get to pick what that comes to mean. See, and you pick something a little bit different um, when you're looking at the cruel reality. How are you able to, to hear what the doctors had to say, hear the words vertebrae, hear everything they were telling you, and even with all of that coming at you, say, Hmm. Maybe there's something else going on here that I could think (laughs) about.
1: (laughs) You know, all of those things, you know, you're, you're completely, or I was completely overwhelmed with uh, so much adjustments in my life all at once from the initial days that I was in intensive care to Mm -hmm. acute care and, and ultimately into inpatient rehab. And, 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 and so there's obviously the physical part that you're trying to, to work on aggressively, but then there's all this emotional part and 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 what am I going to do and how am I going to, you know, what direction am I going to go? You know, I can remember one particular night when I was in the hospital. It was uh, maybe four or five nights after I had been admitted, and I remember this night very distinctly because I was alone in my uh, semi-private room. I was I couldn't stop sweating. I was sweating profusely. The sheets were soaked underneath me. And I was anxious and depressed and sad and just filled with this jumble set of emotions. And I'm thinking, okay, Jamie, your life is at a crossroads. And which which way are you going to go? And on one end of the spectrum, it would have been very easy to say, okay, you know, injury, you win. Uh, I'm going to surrender and uh, and 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 go down that road of feeling defeated. Or I could decide to fight the good fight and Mm -hmm. give it everything I had for as long as it was going to take to maximize as much recovery as I could uh, going into the future. And at that night, I just decided, okay, Jamie, there really is no choice to make here. You're going to fight the good fight and do everything in your power. At least that was my aim to do everything in my power not to be enabled by anyone or anything. I didn't want to be fed. I didn't want somebody to take care of my personal hygiene. I didn't want to live my life in a wheelchair. All of these things became part of a, almost like a life credo of, Jamie, I'm going to get independent. And while I always appreciated people's offers to help me, uh-huh. and there was people offering to help all the time. And I would say, you know, that's wonderful, I really appreciate it, but I really want to try and figure out how to do this on my own. Whether it was opening up a you know, a card that somebody sent me, or opening up a box of cereal that I had been given on my morning breakfast tray. And I would spend hours trying to do these things on my own, and sometimes it involved just biting these things with my mouth if I had to. But I was going to do it, and these little goals became... Little victories. And then oh. all of a sudden they became additive and cumulative. And, and that's how this long progression of recovery is, has uh, taken place.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is for those of you just tuning in, you know, I've got James Osborne joining me here today. Will your, will your way back? How one man overcame trage- tragedy with a winning mindset. When we come back, we're going to talk about the idea of winning. You know, what does winning mean? And many of you all have heard me say or ask the question, are you playing not to lose or are you playing to win? And what is the difference? We're gonna hear from James all about that when we come back. We've got four copies of his fabulous book to give away today. Uh, For those of you out there, write the number down, 1-800-930-2819. Now, when we come back, winning, winning, winning. Yep. Can everyone do it? We'll be right
0: back. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. Off of my city, off of my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we end.
1: Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? (laughs) Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. (laughs) We are transforming the world one listener at a time.
0: Be you plus live your purpose equals joy. That's the motto of Unstuck Joy with Vicki Todd. Vicki believes you were born with gifts
3: that are meant to make the world brighter. Each show will feature an art visioning journal
0: prompt to help you create your way to soul clarity. If you're ready to get unstuck and create more joy, this show is for you. Tune in every month on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit vickiworldart.com.
2: Tune in to the hit show, Mouthing Off with Chef Rossi. Chef Rossi mouths off about different subjects in pursuit of breaking down walls and opening up your minds. She and Dr. Pat banter back and forth, taking from the headlines of the day on subjects that reach beyond what goes on in the world into your hearts and go to the to find out more and let chef rossi know what's on your mind
1: are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat at spirit fire meditative retreat center cultivating consciousness is what we do best our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being we lead from the heart and create space for the mind Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit SpiritFireRetreatCenter.com. I feel that hot blood in my when it
0: drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off it, moving so phenomenally. So don't stop and under the lights when everything goes to hide when I'm getting you when
2: we move. Well, already- hey everybody. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Dr. Pat. For more information about me, go to the drpatshow.com or Transformation Talk Radio. Got a great lineup today. Um, Dr. Bree Gibbs following this show. For those of you out there, uh, we're going to give a copy of James's book away right now. Will Your Way Back, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. You know, it's more than a book about inspiration for me. When I read it, it was a reminder for me of no matter what age, no matter what shows up in your life, we do have the ability to choose that's what we're talking about next. James, before we jump ahead, what's the best way for people to get their own copy of the book as well as find out more about you? Uh,
1: there's a couple of ways. So, mm-hmm. Will Your Way Back is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Uh, you can buy both paperback as well as ebook versions. And if uh, a customer or listener wants to purchase uh, the paperback, they'll get a a copy of the e version for free. I also have a website called jameshosborn.com, which has a lot of video content and information about my recovery and 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 the whole story, my bio, uh, different events that are coming up, and so forth. I also have a Facebook presence under James H. Osborne Author, so that's all one string. And also contains a wealth of information and, and uh, content and posts and blog and so forth. Awesome.
2: Okay. Winning. Um, I, I, there was something that I was told a a long time ago, uh, you know, when I was playing uh, table tennis at, at a very competitive level. And my coach said to me something one day, and it didn't make any sense to me back then. And he said, you know what, you know, you have to decide, are are you playing not to lose or are you playing to win? And I didn't quite understand what am I playing not to lose? And then one day I had an experience. I played the number one seed on the Olympic team at the time and I was beating her. And Mm. at that point I was playing to win, but then something happened and I decided to play a different game. You talk about winning in your book, and I would love for you to describe what that has come to mean to you, because clearly for me, when I read about this and I read about what you did and the and the decisions you made, it's a different narrative on, on winning than I think we're used to. And I'd love for you to share that with us.
1: I'd be happy to, Pat. Winning for me is not necessarily winning in the absolute sense, as in say, scoring more points than somebody else, or I come in first place and you don't. When I think of winning in the context of this injury, I am talking about winning on my terms, my goals, my aspirations. And maybe I'll tell you a little uh, story that uh, was kind of a segue from our, our last piece.
3: Mm-hmm. When,
1: I was, when I was first hospitalized, I had no function, I was motionless from the mid chest down, which is very typical of the level of injury that I had, which was up in my uh, neck. And I was just trying to get my thumb and my forefinger to touch each other. I had no other finger movement, no other hand function. I was just trying to get the two of them to touch. And I said to myself, okay, Jamie, there's your goal. And winning for you is gonna be accomplishing just getting the two fingers to touch. No pressure, not being able to hold anything, just get them to touch. And within about 10 days after I was admitted, I was able to get the two to touch. And that little pedestrian, seemingly very benign goal became a huge win. Mm. And then it became, okay, what's the next goal? All right, well, let's see if we can touch my middle finger with my thumb. And then being able to touch my ring finger and then touch my pinky. And all of that took, I mean, I'm talking about touching my pinky took almost five years to be able to do. But those little goals became bigger goals and then those became bigger victories. And those were the wins for me Mm -hmm. because they were on my terms. It was part of my credos mentioned about becoming independent. And when I think of winning, I think of, all right, Jamie, what are the things out there that are aspirational for you? Not for somebody else, not what medicine or your affected medical practitioners in these specialties suggest is a typical recovery outcome, because if that was the case, I would have reached maximum recovery after a year and a half to two years, which is what the typical uh, prognosis is for neurologic injury. And I said to myself, no, I am not going to subscribe or become a statistic in a medical population study. What I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on choosing to win on my terms. And I use this Mm. little mantra called define your terms, resolve to take a stand, choose to win. Mm -hmm.
2: I I, want to talk to you about something here because a lot of times when we're down and out, you know, I mean, we don't have to be down and out in uh, in Beverly Hills to figure out what down and out means. You know, when we're feeling down and out, when all the evidence is presented to us, right, and the so-called evidence, let's just say for a moment, mm-hmm. you know, when when folks come together in, in a sort of a unified front to tell you what the real deal is, it really takes something extraordinary to look beyond it. I, I want to ask you. What was that for you? You know, what was it that had you step into a level of conviction and belief that really transcended all the odds, all the information, all the reports, all the statistics? What was that? Can you remember, was there was there like a moment where the sky cracked open and there it was for you?
1: I don't know if I'd describe it as an epiphany or some mm-hmm. pivotal moment. Um, I think I would go back to just my, my, my mental makeup, which is, you know, I'm a, I'm a determined person and focused mm-hmm. and I just always believed and maybe naively, maybe not, but I always believed that I could get better. Mm-hmm. I believed in the power of the body. I believe the power of the mind. I believe in uh, uh, it's a medical concept called neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically the body's ability to adapt and reorganize to trauma that, that uh, can cause physiological changes. I just always believed that those capabilities were there. And I never believed that, like medicine at that time, you know commonly understood, that recovery would end at one and a half to two years. I just said mm-hmm. to myself, "No, the body is more powerful than that." And I could partly attribute that to the way that I was raised. Okay. And, and my mother, uh, Victoria Henderson Osborne, um, was in many ways ahead of her time. She was always mm-hmm. focused on kind of alternative medicine and, and alternative health. And she exposed us to a number of things 50 years ago when I was growing up, which are mainstream today. Yeah. And I mean lots of different modalities, whether it was osteopathy, she used to juice vegetables and whatnot. She used to grow trays of wheatgrass and she'd grind it up and juice it and we would take it before we would go to school. And now you can go to health food stores all over the place and see right. trays of wheatgrass. Right. And and I think, you know, or chiropractic medicine or whatever, she exposed acupuncture. She exposed us to a lot of different modalities as we were growing up. And I think that really instilled in me a belief system that there was a greater power in the human body than perhaps, perhaps modern medicine really gives credit for.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and I, I, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for our moms, you know, my stepmom was, uh, taught me the power of perseverance in ways that I never understood before. And, you know, it's interesting, you and I are sitting here and I was reading your book and I was thinking to myself, you know, what did I learn from uh, people like my mom that helped me? I know for me, I learned the power of perseverance. I learned that, you know, there's never an end uh, that turns out in a way that doesn't align, you know, with the belief that you have in your in your heart. Uh, She never believed in beliefs of the mind. She used to say things like the belief of the heart. Now, you and I, you know, we're talking about mindset. And if somebody said to us the belief in the heart, we would say, well, wait a minute. That's our mind. But she was talking about something else. And you talk about it in the book. You know, there's something about the way you describe your journey that really does open the hearts for so many. And I wanted to ask you, what was... What was it about this journey that, if I might ask, cracked open your heart, so to speak?
1: You know, when you go through a traumatic injury of this nature, and your my whole life was completely undone, completely disheveled, completely shattered, and it was basically a complete start over. And... I just believed that I could reassemble this and build a new me. And there's just something about when your body is, you know, when you're, and not to get overly graphic, but, to, you know, yeah. when you're kind of stripped of everything. You know, you're stripped of your pride, you're stripped of your ego, you're stripped of your identity. And, and it's like, okay, how am I going to remake myself? Mm. And and you know, and I I talk about this in the book about about my professional years and 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 how I used to be known as Jim and and uh, how that defines sort of an alternate me, but not the real authentic me oh. of Jamie. And. Mm. For many, many years, going through my uh, young adulthood and through my professional career, I would describe myself as maybe a little bit distant. I used to manage more with my head than my heart. And as I went through this whole experience and you're completely done, it's like, okay, how am I going to rebuild myself? Well, one of the choices that I made was I want to get back to who I am. And who I am is Mm. Jamie. And who I am is a person who has a head and a heart. And that can be merged in a way that can project itself and be inviting to others, perhaps in ways that weren't there before.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's, it wasn't easy to put myself out there and to really, really open up uh, my life in that way. But that, with that choice to get back to Jamie and bringing my head and my heart back together again, it allowed me to go places in this book that frankly 20 years ago, I would never have talked about. But today, you know, that veneer is gone. That veneer is gone. And whether it's because I just turned age 60 or, or whether it's a timing thing or part of the ascender, I think it's all of the above. And it's allowed me to be completely real open, authentic, unfiltered, raw, and, and frankly, in places quite vulnerable. But in so doing, I think there's ways that that can help bring relationships closer than perhaps those that I've had in the past. So in, in circling back to your question about
3: mm-hmm. really
1: dialing into your heart, that was, that was the process that I went through to, in terms of connecting Jamie's head with Jamie's heart again.
2: I love it. And, you know, this is for so many of you listening to the show today, we have literally have four copies of this incredible book to give away. Now, what I want to say about it is, you know, when I read through the book, you know, you start to think, well, wait a minute, I haven't had quite this experience. But as I began to read, So much of Jamie's story, so much of what he's sharing, so much about the raw determination and heartfelt motivation to do something different. That's what we all hunger for. 1 800 930 2819. 1 800 930 2819. Benny, we're going to start to give copies of the book away. When we come back, the weight of so much loss. The weight of so much loss. Those of you out there know what I'm talking about. Those of you that have been struggling in your life, no matter what it is, what is it about loss? As my mom used to say in her Southern accent, honey, if it don't kill you, it sure as heck going to make you stronger. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. From the start You were a thief You stole my heart And I
0: Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. That's StellarReflections.com. When your body is awakened, your spirit comes alive. Dana Canetto is a transformational guide, embodiment coach, and spiritual mentor assisting women in realigning with their truth and embodying who they are by connecting to the wisdom of their body. Tune in every month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network for Body Divinity Radio with Dana Canetto. For more information on Dana and her services, visit danacanetto.com. That's D-A-N-A-C-A-N-N-E-T-O.com.
3: Tell me that you've had
0: enough of our love, our love, Just give me a reason, just a
2: little bit love, just a Hey, everybody, welcome back. You know, I'm so thrilled. Uh, and, and, uh, James, can I call you Jamie now?
1: Of course, absolutely. Right? All right,
2: good. I was waiting for the right moment to do <laughs> it. I don't know that you should call him Jamie. I said, well, I'm going to wait for the right moment. You can call me Patty or as Benny would like to call me. Benny has so many nicknames for me. Oh, my gosh. But listen, before we jump ahead, you know, we're going to talk about so many important things. I would love for you to, again, give out your information and tell folks where they can get a copy of the book. And then we're going to continue to give these books away throughout the show and after the show. So please go ahead and do that.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, The book is available online through uh, uh, the online bookstores, Amazon, as well as Barnes and Noble. And you can also find them in a couple of local bookstores, uh, third place books here in Seattle, as well as Island Books on Mercer Island. Uh, For access to online locations, I have a website called jameshosborne.com, and on that Website, You can see all upcoming events. You can see numerous blog posts and uh, a number of video clips, which include uh, various things that I've done in the past. Uh, There's also a Facebook presence that I have, and that's under James H. Osborne author. And that's all one string of word and uh, can also find lots of very interesting content out there as well.
2: I love it. You, you know, I, I we're going to talk about like moving to where you are today, because obviously you're here talking about us. But I was sharing a little bit about my journey during the break. And, you know, sometimes as, as my stepmom, my mom would say to me from the South, honey, you know, sometimes bad things happen to good people. And I never thought I was like, what the heck is she talking about? But sometimes it does. And in the book, I was really struck. And I'm telling you, you had me at tears in this chapter, Jamie. Um, I was really struck by the weight of so much loss. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, my life flashed in front of me. But the way you talk about this is really striking to me. Mm -hmm. Um, You talk about, I was doing, may I read a little bit if you don't mind? Of course. I was and this is what Jamie Jamie says I was doing everything right in my life but something terrible still happened it is difficult to rationalize I wasn't doing anything reckless unless riding a road bike bicycle the way I was supposed to be the way it was supposed to be ridden can be considered risky behavior I could possibly rationalize it if I had been injured while skydiving bungee jumping heli skiing or free climbing as such, but safely riding a road bicycle?
1: No. It was extremely difficult to come to Mm -hmm. terms with that. And the uh, situation was uh, very difficult. And it turned out that there was some uh, challenges with the manufacture of the bike. The, you know, the offshoot of all this is that so many different areas of my life were affected. And this, you know, this was something that happened obviously very involuntarily and very abruptly. And one second I'm at my heart pumping aerobic maximum and in top physical condition. And the next thing Mm. within, within nanoseconds, I'm catastrophically injured with a spinal cord injury and a dissected artery that feeds blood to my brain. And I'm a patient. Mm. And making that abrupt transition was incredibly difficult. And as you remarked about that chapter, the the weight of so much loss and all the different elements of life that were affected, whether it was my physicality, uh, emotionally, spiritually, recreationally, uh, relationships, profession. I mean, there wasn't one piece of my life that, wasn't affected in some way. And trying to put order and sense and and an approach to dealing with these things was monumentally difficult. I'll give you one example, for example, uh, Please. to talk about my family. Yeah. Um, I am uh, blessed to have a wonderful wife of almost 37 years who has this book was dedicated to mm. most deservedly. And she has been by my side, uh, the whole way, but she has seen this injury from a very different perspective than myself. And I know that it's been incredibly difficult on her and the adjustments that she's had to make, uh, due to the infirmities that I even still deal with today. Now I'm incredibly lucky to have had a lot of function regained, but the effect on our relationship, many people, many uh, couples who go through a traumatic injury in their family, the relationships don't last. And it's very understandable for a spouse to say, you know, I didn't sign up for this. And this is not the life I want to live. I don't want to be a constant caregiver. And it's completely understandable why some relationships don't uh, survive this. Now, I've been incredibly blessed to have a spouse who has has stood rock solid by my side and has been a nonstop supporter and advocate for me. And I have two children. I have a son who's 29. His name is Kevin. And I have a daughter named Alana, and she's 22. And the impacts on both of them have been profound, but in different ways. My son was just coming out of college and had just moved to China uh, while I was going through some of these early years of recovery, and he didn't see a lot of what my daughter Alana had to experience. Mm. And she was uh, 13 at the time of the injury. And, you know, those are very, very formative years for for a young daughter. And we had done lots of things together. You know, our family staple sport was always uh, to ski together. Uh, she was active in basketball and other school sports, soccer and so forth. Ah, uh, track, and I was unable to be there for her in the ways that I had been there for her before. And I'll I'll tell you one little anecdote about the impact yeah, on, on my daughter. I remember very distinctly, and it's it's written in this chapter where uh, we shared an office together. And I was slowly making a recovery. I had gone back to work part time on an accommodated basis was working from home and she would share an office with me as she was doing her schoolwork. And one day I came into the office and she had her back to me and she wouldn't turn around when I called her name and I could start to see her shoulders shake like she was like she was crying, almost convulsingly. And she didn't wanna turn around and, uh, and look at me and I was very patient and sensitive about it. So I got up and I shuffled over to her and I gently put my hands on her shoulders And I could just tell the tears were streaming down her face Mm. and they were starting to come down my face as well. And then she turned around and she looked at me and in the course of uh, what she said, remarked, Dad, I would do anything to take away your pain. I hate to see you suffer. And it's a strange juxtaposition to be in a place like that because, you know, us as parents, you know, know that one of the most difficult parts of being about a parent is seeing your child suffer. And now the situation was reversed. And my comment to her was, Alana, you have to trust me. I ask that you trust me, that dad can deal with this. And you don't have to carry this boat anchor around feeling like you have to absorb and carry my pain. And to to express that to her, and I think it provided some modicum of relief for her. It hasn't been easy. I mean, she has, yeah. you know, over the years, I mean, she has still seen the long, hard-fought progression and the challenges that I go through. Yeah. And it has had a lifelong impact on her. Yeah.
2: Well, let's talk about this for a minute because, you know, and and Benny, let's actually skip the break here. If we could here, just keep going. Um, uh, One of the things that I want to talk about is the effect of how we go through something, you know, and you and I were talking during a break and I just shared a little bit um, about, uh, you know, what happens when we get something out of the blue. Because, you know, that expression, right? Right. Here you are out of the blue. That's actually right. I mean, that's the way it shows up sometimes. But I want to ask you about this will your way back. Because a lot of times we hear in our society that, no, we don't want to will anything. You know, and I got to tell you, I've had to will my way back from a bunch of things. And I think this can be misconstrued. What have you uh, really come to know about this idea about willing our way back? Because I don't think you meant it in the book the way that some people would think about it. It has a very specific narrative that I'd like you to talk about. And I think that affects the people around us, how we go through something, right?
1: Absolutely. And everybody has... You know, slightly different approaches, and you know, mm-hmm. either as a consequence of their upbringing or they're just their own character uh, traits. Everybody's unique and, and special in that way. For me, the willing your way back was about finding, discovering capability that I didn't know that I had, whether it was emotional capability or physical capability and and digging deep to unearth what may have been dormant or mm. undiscovered and revealing it sometimes i'll use this phrase called revealing capability oh and this i'll i'll i'll, I'll frame it up in terms of uh, my mental state
3: because mm-hmm. when
1: i came out of this I, I talk about this also in the book about about four months after i was uh in the hospital and i was discharged and i was making a really steep trajectory of recovery and the doctors were super impressed you're doing great prognosis looks strong strong recovery begets stronger recovery and then i hit the wall and i crashed a Mm. second time but this time it was a mental crash and i went into this deep spiral i've never been depressed before in my life ever And all of a sudden, I found myself completely immobilized in terrible pain. My symptoms got markedly worse. And I just went into this terrible downward spiral. And I was just praying that something would catch me and stop me from falling. And in this process, I had a chance to work with my practitioner. I worked with some other ancillary providers. I worked with some other types of therapists my family and so forth, helped me climb out of this crevasse. Mm. And I began to realize things about myself that were getting in the way. And one of them was that I had been pushing and driving myself so hard in those initial months because, you know, the doctors all said most of that recovery is going to happen in the first six months. So for me, it created this incredible artificial sense of urgency. Right. Well one of the things that I learned coming out of this hole was Jamie, you need to be a little bit kinder to yourself Mm. and you need to pace yourself. I mean, one of the great pieces of advice that I got from an occupational therapist early on was Jamie, you need to plan, prepare, prioritize and pace yourself. And this helping me climb out of this hole. and, 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 And as I was learning about, my own psyche and so forth. I also got plugged into mental health counseling, I should say, which was also incredibly insightful mm-hmm. and very helpful in, in helping me understand Jamie and Jamie, how Jamie makes decisions and choices and so forth. This was a, with a clinical psychologist. But all of these were in the, in the general theme of helping me unearth and discover capability I didn't have. And the same thing goes for wow. the, phys, the physical side. Yeah. And as I was rebuilding strength uh, through my physical therapy treatments for the first three years, I then was told to go join a gym. We're done with you in physical therapy. You know what to do. So I joined a gym and and I was fortunate, blessed, honestly, to be partnered up with a fellow friend of mine from this uh, gym that I belong to here in Seattle. And he too helped me uncover and discover capabilities that I never thought that I had. And he did it in a really effective way. And he would challenge me to kind of push the bar a little bit, but then he would pull back and then he would push the bar up a little bit higher and then he would pull back. And he took me places in my physical recovery that I could never have dreamed of. His name is (sighs) Sam. And I, I've just been Mm. completely blessed and grateful to have had him in my life Mm
3: -hmm. helping
1: me through this. But again, circling back to the point about uncovering these capabilities that you have inside that, that you might not think that you have, but you actually do.
2: You know, I want to talk about this. I know we've got a few minutes left. Is, you know, there's a friend of mine that helped me understand one question. And she said to me, Dr. Glenna Rice, and uh, she does a regular show. She's been with us for years and she does a regular radio show with us. And The one question was, "What else is possible here?" Because you know, I'm kind of like you. All of a sudden, you're you're on the path to what you think is recovery, and in my case, I have a car accident. Mm. (laughs) It's like, okay, there's got to be this has got to be a cosmic joke, right, Jamie? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Somewhere along the way, there. And you know, I used to believe. Oh man, I'm, I, maybe I'm not living my life right. I don't believe mm-hmm. that now.
3: Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm.
2: ask you: all along the way, you made conscious choices. Mm-hmm. Now you're sharing your message out in the world. Mm-hmm. What is the message that you're sharing? And I want to talk about, you know, how relevant it is in the times we live in right now, mm-hmm. because. I don't hear doubt in your voice today. And I mm-hmm. think that's one of the most toxic things that I've discovered mm-hmm. along the way for me. What do you mm-hmm. think?
1: I think it's spot on. I, for me, part of that choice that I made early on, and, and you are talking about what kinds of themes uh, that mm-hmm. I could share. Yeah, One of them is the power of choice. And that once you make that choice, okay, whatever the aspiration you have is, whether it's o- overcoming a physical infirmity, an emotional infirmity, a relational issue, a professional issue, or whatever, you make that choice. And, and I have oftentimes used this kind of fill-in-the-blank statement. I choose to what? I choose to mm. be a better parent. I choose to improve my recovery. I choose to... You know, want to lose weight. I choose to want to embark on this exercise program. I choose. And that, then I suggest, and I did the same thing over and over and over again. I I make these internal movies in my head. I visualize all the time about what that next goal is that I want to achieve. And I break it down into this great detail and I choreograph a movie in it where I'm the author, I'm the editor and the publisher, script writer, actor, producer, and director. And I play it in my head over and over and over again until it can play by itself without any conscious prompting on my part. Mm -hmm. And this kind of visualization has been so important in my recovery. And I have suggested that if, if folks make that choice, I choose to, whatever that is, to write it down and then build their own movie in their head. Mm. And I submit that if someone does that with unwavering resolve and commitment and determination, that what someone may feel is so far out of reach, so difficult, you know, so daunting, maybe even feels a little bit impossible, can actually happen. And it can happen because you choose and never look back. And that has been something that's been very, very important in my recovery process is the visualization coupled with mindfulness and tapping that power of your mind and your brain. You know, I'm not an expert on the unconscious mind and, (laughs) and those kinds of things. But what I do believe, and this is simply anecdotal on Jamie Osborne's part, is that I really believe that how you talk to yourself, how you visualize, play a huge part in the kinds of outcomes that you can produce.
2: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. Jamie, thank you so much for today. Uh, thank you so much for all that you're, you've done. I hope you will come back. There's so much more to talk about. And again, please give out your website. And then I have one last question for you. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us all with today?
1: My message to uh, your listeners uh, today is trust.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: trust yourself one of the best pieces of advice that anybody gave me along this journey it happened to be from my my gym partner sam he i i told him one time i said sam when i tell you enough's enough enough's enough and he looks right back at me and he knows he goes no jamie you need to learn to trust yourself and it just stopped me in my tracks and it changed everything about how i approached Recovery because what the biggest impediment for me, and perhaps it might be for maybe some of your listeners today, is fear. And fear can be a protective mechanism, but it can also get in the way and be a roadblock and be an impediment. And so, I guess a message that I would like to share is the same message that Sam shared with me, which is trust yourself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Uh, For those of you out there, the book is called Will Your Way Back? How One Man Overcame Tragedy with a Winning Mindset. There's so much in this book for all of you. Jamie, thank you so much for today and thank you for all that you do.
1: You're welcome, Pat. It's been awesome to be here. And uh, if the opportunity presents itself in the future, I would love to come back.
2: And we'd love to have you back. Now, for everyone out there, uh, don't touch that dial if you don't mind. We've got... Uh, Silver Dyer Radio coming up with Dr. Bree Gibbs, a very special show. We'll see you next time.